Welcome to the Health Lab. I am your host, Joel Bland, occupational therapist. Today's episode, episode nine, it actually comes at a very opportune moment in my life as I have recently forayed into the world of ultra running, ultra marathon running. Today's episode features a very, very successful, esteemed, competitive ultra marathoner by the name of Ellie Greenwood. Um, she holds some course records for some very intense ultra marathons, including one at the 100 mile distance. And again, she holds the course record for this race. Um, aside from that, she has been named the ultra marathoner of the decade by Ultra Runner magazine, which is quite an accomplishment in itself. Um, and this is due to her having competed in and won many, many ultra marathons over the past decade. So again, really excited to, to just sit down with Ellie and, and pick her brain about her experiences with ultra, you know, the physical part, the mental part, uh, the resilience and the fortitude that someone requires when competing for and competing in such a monumental challenge and, and how that translates to everyday life, how you can really harness those accomplishments and harness that resilience and apply it to other aspects of your life. So let's get right down to business with Ellie Greenwood. Ellie Greenwood, thank you so much for joining me in the Health Lab. Yeah, thank you ever so much for having me. Excellent. You know, as we discussed, you know, we had a bit of a back and forth before um, this recording. And as discussed, you know, this comes at a very opportune moment in my life, having, you know, recently forayed into the realm of ultra. Yes, you're now an ultra runner, I hear. Now is... an ultra runner. Yeah. 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 It's a slippery slope. So, but too late, you've started and now it'll just lead to many more crazy and stupid distances of running. Great. So I've learned. So I've learned thus far. And, you know, don't really want to talk too much about my story, but I want to pick your brain about it, though. And, hey. you know, first thing, just what got you into it? What led you down the path of running for insane periods of time? Um, so I've done a couple of marathons, which I think is, you know, fairly standard. You know, I don't want to say it was a bucket list thing, but, you know, when an opportunity came up, that was like, Oh, yeah, that always seemed a little appealing. So, yeah, so I got into marathons. Um, I'd always been like quite into hiking and, you know, the mountains and the outdoors. Um, and then I like I literally hadn't really heard of ultras before. Right. You know, I think mm -hmm. maybe these days and this sounds silly, but I mean, there's some sort of, you know, mass market books out now that you might have gone oh yeah I've heard of these people that run stuff I never have desired to run that far but people have heard of it whereas I was just like oh what is this ultra <laughs> thing so yeah I heard of it it was uh it, here in Vancouver the New Year's Day Club Fat Ass 50k okay. and I just thought this was like bizarre and weird that oh you can run you can run further than a marathon like who thought right mm -hmm. and um yeah and I guess it just appealed I, I literally don't know why um so yeah and I got into that and I think like anybody right like well maybe, maybe some people do one and go never again right uh but I just I've always said I just love running right yeah. and a little bit on the the more the better perspective so um yeah and you know you get to know friends and then you do maybe like the first 50k I did was you know pretty easy course right and then it's this like oh but you can go and do a really cool trail course and like I said that sort of intersected the fact that I got into road running I always liked hiking and it was like oh well this is kind of the two things combined right like you can Certainly. go trail trail run and I know it's not totally but I mean a lot of trail running does tend to be ultra distance. So yeah, so I just got into it and, you know, then friends start going, oh, we're going to do a 50 miler and it just kind of snowballed from there. So, so kind of starting as a hobby and then snowballing into a bit of, well, a career really. Oh, it, like very, very organic. Like I was, uh, I mean, growing up as a kid, sure I ran a bit, but like I grew up in the UK and we didn't have all this like track and field and teams and all this kind of stuff. So like, 
I was, it was funny actually, a phys ed teacher like had heard from school, heard about what I'd started doing. And they said, well, you were always really enthusiastic, which kind of showed like, yeah, I loved sports. I loved activity. I ran a little, but like not really. So Mm -hmm. no, very organic of, I got into, I think I probably did my first ultra maybe when I was about 26 or so. And yeah, recreational, like going to the local uh, running store and doing a marathon and then getting to know running friends and it was social and I just loved it. And then I started to find maybe partly due to the smaller fields of, you know, ultra races that the longer I ran, oh, I seem to be proportionally better at this compared to say more traditional road distances where I was like, sure, I'm, I'm okay. But one, you've left it too late and two, I wasn't that that standout so yes fair fair although i was looking at some of your your personal bests and they're still pretty phenomenal with respect to marathons and that kind of thing too they're they're pretty like they're reasonable but honestly i most of my like road prs came once i'd already got into ultra running okay Gotcha. Yeah. Once you'd already really delved into the whole Yeah, the whole and I'd got, I'd got more serious about my running of, oh, I want to get better at these ultras and do more competitive stuff and I'm seeing success. And then it's sort of, well, and I always say like I'm equally a road runner as a trail runner. And sure, I deviated away from, you know, the 10Ks just because we well, can't focus on everything at once. Um, but I guess it was, yeah, by that point, I was running way more, training way harder. And so I also just got better at, say, a half marathon or a marathon as well even though I was really ultra training as you as you do I'd imagine and on that note I mean the training that goes into something like that run for a hundred miles that's a you know it's a monumental distance um what goes into the training for that how often how often are you training what what are you doing to to prepare for such a thing um I mean it, it can vary greatly right um I, like I said, I'm somebody who like loves running. And so I like to put in fairly big miles. So yeah, when I was, you know, doing well at the 50 miles, 100K, 100 miles, I was running probably about 180 kilometers a week. Um, Yeah, uh, you know, putting in some quality work like speed sessions, um, running, uh, I would say at least six days a week, um, you know, sometimes seven. Um, I was never at all into like double runs in a day um I would just go out for like yeah a lot of you know pretty you know pretty it was very standard for me to go out for like 90 minute to two and a half hour run like that was just like yep that was a pretty standard run par for the course wow yeah interesting you know when I was training for this 50k that I just did um again you know my first my first run of that distance so I'm still quite excited about it but you just mentioned thank you but you know you just mentioned doing those double runs and I remember on one of my training days I was supposed to maybe run about 32k or something and I had to work in between so I had to break it up a little bit so I actually did I think I did a 10k you know first thing in the morning at 5 a.m worked for eight hours and then ran 22k in the afternoon and that was a that was a challenging day do breaking it up in between like that yeah like and i mean this is obviously now i coach ultra runners right so i would say the same okay ideally joel you run the 32k in one day, in one shot right because then you get to the point of your 25k in or your 26k whereas you never really had that you you got to rest by going to work right but you have to make it fit your lifestyle. And yeah, I think it's harder to do two a day apart. I mean, however much I love running, of course, there's the sometimes the motivate, oh, I've got to get out the door. So if you have to do that twice in a day, oh, I've got to get out the door. Well, just go out once and do it all at once and have one shower instead of, you know, two and all that kind of stuff. So. Right, right, right. That's valid. And, you know, on that note, it's 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 so daunting sometimes just getting out the door I find. And, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, put my shoes on and kind of just sit there and be like, Oh, geez, like really, you know, it's Vancouver, it's February. It's, it's absolutely awful. It's two degrees and it's dumping rain for the past 40 days. Uh, Do you ever experience that? And if so, what are some strategies that you've used to overcome something like that? Um, I think if the most important thing is if you've got a goal coming up, right? So maybe, you know, COVID year, maybe it's a little harder, right? But, you know, typically that might be for most people a race, right? So it's not just about like, oh, I plan to go for a run today. Like there's a bit of a 
consequence if you don't go run today because if I don't go run today then I won't get my mileage for the week and then I can't up it next week and then I won't be ready for my race right Mm -hmm. um now of course there's you know if you miss one or two runs it's not a big deal so but I do think having yeah like a goal like a race to work towards for the vast majority of people like you know it's that it's a deadline I always say races are you know like races don't move date right so you're either ready on that day or you're not so that I think that really helps um uh, I mean, I'm a big one for like, okay, let's say, I don't know, you've got 12K, oh, I'm going to go out for 12K. Well, persuade yourself to go out for half an hour, right? And then normally once you're out there, oh, you know, well, either you're already wet, so you might as well carry on running in the pouring rain, or now you've got into a groove and you're really enjoying it, right? And sure, if you're still like really hating it, or you are like so, so tired, I would be like, okay, turn around and come home, right? Um, But I think having that accountability, um, I mean, I actually think sometimes busy people are better at this, because they're like, I have to get my run in at 7 a.m. Otherwise, it's not going to happen, right? Whereas the more flexibility somebody's got, it's like, oh, I'll go later. I'll do this first. And then there's some of their day runs away with them. So, yeah, definitely having a bigger goal is good. Um, changing up your routine, like, I don't know, arranging to meet a friend, right? Or just, you know, picking out a cool run route that you've not been for a while. Like, I think by most people by default we all run in very similar routes because it's time efficient because we know Mm -hmm. where we're going and that kind of stuff but sometimes it's worth you know sitting down and planning out like you know it's something I've done this summer is you know getting up to local peaks that I've not done before well that requires less motivation because it's not so much about the exercise it's you're excited to go see something different right Mm -hmm. so yeah incorporating that variety yeah, yeah, because then it's something to like look forward to. And then if you have your sort of like ho-hum day-to-day, like, okay, I'm going to run, you know, like around my block or what, you know, around that kind of area, you fit those in because you have other like more appealing runs in between, whether that's like I said, running with a friend or that kind of stuff. Um, and run commuting is also awesome because you have to run to get to your destination and you're multitasking and you're not so much thinking, oh, I'm going for a run. You're, well, I'm putting my running clothes on to get to, I don't know, a friend's barbecue or work or whatever it might be. So it's got an extra purpose to it rather than just, well, I'm going for a run for going for a run. So. I, you know, I love that. I started doing that a little bit over the summer because I was playing. Luckily, I was in one of the three softball leagues that was oh. able to run during COVID. So or able able to, you know, carry operate. on during COVID, yeah. operate during COVID in the lower mainland. Um, so I would run to softball games throughout the lower mainland here and there, which was absolutely excellent. What a great way to. Well, there you go. Commute run. Yeah, yeah, because like I said, you don't need like the extra motivation, like you're probably excited to go to softball, see your friends, like have that social and game or whatever. And so you're not, yeah, it it requires far less motivation than literally going for a run for run's sake. So, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I like what you said before about, you know, quite often being busy helps that to Mm -hmm. a degree. And, you know, it it speaks well to me because my mother always told me, Um, if you want something done, give it to the busiest person in the room. Um, so that's a great strategy and something else you said about, you know, if, you know, say you have to go run a 12 K, I think there's a lot of transferability with what you said there just to everyday life, but say you have to go run a 12 K and you don't really want to get out there and you say, okay, maybe, maybe, you know what, I'll just put my shoes on and run for 30 minutes. I'll just show up. And then quite often, you know, just showing up, just getting started can be the hardest part. Oh, totally. Because, uh, I mean, I say this particularly for ultra running. Um, People are unlikely to take up ultra running if they don't like it because it just (laughs) takes up so much of your time, right? Like some people run and don't really like running, right? Like they might go out, well, it's for fitness. I want to lose weight or whatever, right? But like generally if you're an ultra runner, you like running now that doesn't mean say you like it every day but therefore once you get out you're not going oh this is terrible you've got into that groove like the endorphins are kicking in you've maybe switched off from work stress now and and whatever so yeah and like your blood's flowing and you feel good so then you carry on and run 15k not 12 so yeah yeah and that you know i think there's so much transferability to everyday life with such an approach. I mean, for me, anecdote about me, you know, I like my job. I quite enjoy it, but just like a lot of people, there's some days when I just don't feel like getting out of bed. However, quite often, once I just get out of bed, it's, I'm already halfway to work. Basically, I'm already basically 
there. So just getting that little push to get going quite often is the most challenging bit I find. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, coming back to you, know, you and your experience and your success, really, at, at doing a lot of these things and competing. I know you've you know competed in over 80 ultra marathons and marathons over the last you know 15 years or what have you or longer. Um, and you've won 51 of them. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. That's absolutely excellent. Um, is, I mean, what, what kind of sets you apart? What, what sets you apart from the rest of these people who you're competing against or were competing against? And can you, can you pinpoint it? Is it training? Is it nutrition? Is it fortitude? Um, I and I know I've already said this, I really love running. I, and, <laughs> and also I think I'm somebody that like, I get quite focused like on one thing, like I don't need to live a complicated life, right? Like some people, okay, you've mentioned softball, might play softball for a couple of summers and then oh, I've had enough, I'm going to do tennis this year, right? And then they play tennis for a while and then oh, I've done that, I'm going to take up sailing, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Mm -hmm. But I guess I'm somebody that like, I got into running and I'm like, I really like running. and and maybe as well I had a friend once say to me who's a much shorter distance runner he's like like you just don't seem to have this boredom factor for running like even he who was a highly successful like road runner at shorter distances was just like no I get bored after a while whereas I was just like no I love running so I, I really loved it right um I don't think I had particular natural talent I mean clearly I had enough right mm -hmm. um in some ways I was prepared to work hard, but also it didn't seem like hard work because I really enjoyed it, right? But, um, and definitely as well, like once I started to see some success, like an example would be, you know, like uh, I did fairly well at about my second 50 miler and somebody who knew what she was talking about um, said, you could cop top 10 at world 100K. And I'm like, this is ridiculous, right? So mm. then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try and qualify for world 100K. And then I qualified and I didn't go, oh, great, I'm on the team. It was like, okay, well, I need to train even harder because now I'm on the team, right? right. So I guess that sort of compounding of like, when I started to do well, I wasn't, not that I wasn't content, but it was like, well, could I get even, even better at it, right? And so mm -hmm. for sure that was motivating. Um, yeah, and there was, you know, a little while there, you know, I meant, you mentioned, you know, I won a fair number of races, um, but, you know, I ran a lot within, a lot of races within quite a short time frame, right? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so really at your peak during that period, you were running so frequently and enjoyed it so, so much that you experienced such great success at it, it sounds like. Yeah, like, like I said, I was prepared to put in the hard work because sometimes it seemed like hard work, but most of most of the time it was a lot of fun, right? Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't, um, I've always had another source of income, i.e. a proper job. So it was also, it was, it never, I mean, maybe there was times where it felt a little bit like a job and pressures and responsibilities linked to it. But most of the time it was just like, great, I get to, particularly trail running, I don't know, I get to go to California or I get to go to the Alps and, you know, maybe some costs are covered and I get to go and see a bunch of friends that I only see at these races and I get to run in a beautiful place and hang out. And, you know, I mean, ultra running is still not like uber professional, right? Mm -hmm. So it was like, I'm doing this because it's awesome, right? Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like excellent experiences that you've had. And I mean, talking about all the physical training that you go through, um, what about psychological, mental? Is there any is there any training, mental training that you do outside of actually running that you do to prepare for such a thing? Short answer would be no, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, no, no. And it was interesting. Um, uh, so in recent years when I've not raced nearly as much, right, like I did actually speak to a sports psychologist for the first time, had okay. a couple of sessions. It, it wasn't for me. No, <laughs> okay. okay. Yep. No, which again, it could be very individual, right, you know, just wasn't the right time or the right thing or whatever, right. So that was interesting because that was actually after I'd done a whole bunch of races, right. Um, I think, you know, maybe just by 
default I had the right mentality like I sometimes say like I'm not uber competitive in lots of things in life not competitive mentality right like I'm happy to be fairly mediocre at a lot of stuff right but something I don't know what it was about running was like I was competitive like with myself with other people um yeah like I kind of enjoyed I do what I appreciate about ultra running is it is kind of hard work like it's not for people that can just you can't show up and fake your way through ultra running right mm -hmm. you can't go well i've kind of naturally got a bit of talent bit of skill you know i've, I've kind of trained for this but not really and then just do amazing you just can't and i think i appreciate that aspect of it of if you do well it probably means that you've dedicated yourself and pushed hard and and yeah i was prepared in races like um however much i say I enjoy running a lot of the time if you met me in the middle of a race you would not think i enjoyed running like i was quite like okay like going for it this is terrible i really hurt but i would just keep running right so and i was prepared to not enjoy a race and get a good result right whereas maybe some people might have gone oh i'll slow down a bit and this will be made way more pleasant like right. in the moment where for whatever reason i yeah i just had this competitive mentality of like put your head down work hard get on with it it'll be over and then you'll be super stoked that you worked really hard push so, push yeah. through the pain yeah yeah jeez yeah, it's, yeah. it's so interesting like again running that running that 50k the other week again longest distance I've run and you know it was maybe around the 38k mark I you know I had to take a little bit of a walking break just a very brief walking break so I started walking it, it's called power walking it's called it was yeah, yeah okay power walking break or Walk, power hiking if you prefer it was uphill it was uphill oh, so you're power hiking yep. <laughs> so I was power hiking and I was thinking I was like oh geez like Joel you're not going to be able to run again like this like I, I like i was like well will i be able to complete this distance if i keep walking it's going to take me three hours or something to finish this but then maybe after i don't know a couple hundred meters i started walking or sorry i started running a, just a little bit with very little range of motion in my legs and then all of a sudden something clicked in my mind and i was like wait a minute i can just run with a normal stride and i'm going to be okay and it kind of felt like i don't know if you've seen forrest gump when he's a little kid and the the leg braces kind of fall off it was this big moment where i just started running and i was like wait a minute i'm not in that much pain anymore and so i don't know it, it felt like such a great deal of just overcoming this i don't know mental duress i had gone through i'd imagine you've been through many many similar experiences Ooh. Yeah, so I mean, there's a few things that made me think of that, right? Okay, so I have been in races, right, where exactly like, you know, you're tempted, oh, I'll really slow down or I'll start walking or whatever, right? And usually that means, and I'm having a horrible time, right? Mm. Well, if you run faster, you'll get it over and done with quicker. And that was genuinely, like I've been in some races that I've then ended up winning of like, well, if you walk, you still have the same distance to cover. It's just going to take you longer and you're not really enjoying it right now. So you might as well go faster and then you can stop, but be at the finish line, right? So that's surprisingly helpful, right? And um, I mean, what I can't, I'm not going to quote this exactly. What does it say? Ultra running, if you feel bad, don't worry, you'll soon feel good. And if you feel good, don't worry, you'll soon feel bad. <laughs> Right. So going into it um, with that mentality. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, look, for you, maybe your motivation is, well, I can't walk too much because then I can't say I've run 50K. Whereas, you know, oh, I can walk a little bit. But then if I get running again, you know, and you'd never done 50K before. So you need those, like, I like to say kind of pointless goals. But at that moment in time, they mean something to you. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 and we do it because it's hard, and then that does translate to other things in life, right? Of like, well, I pushed through, I carried on, I didn't think I could do that, you know, but I just kept plugging away and I didn't quit. And you know, again, I don't know, right? Oh, maybe you had a time goal, right? Whereas I've been in races, oh, I'm not going to win this, or I thought I would do this, I'm not going to. We'll do the best you can do because you might still be disappointed at the end. But you can't really have any regrets if you're like, well, I did my best on the day. It wasn't as good as I hoped it would be, but it was what I could do on the day. And that translates to a lot of stuff. So. Certainly, like not 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 taking it so much as a as a failure, as opposed to just a growing and a learning experience. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, and I never like to say, like, let's say, you know, lots of people drop out in ultras and that isn't necessarily a failure. Like if you're injured or if you are just genuinely having a really horrible time, like I say to a lot of people, like, you're not going to the Olympics in ultra running, right? There's no big, if you're really, really not having a good time, like drop out. But sometimes it's like, yeah, like push on through and, you know, see see what you can do. So, yeah. 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 And I mean, you mentioned translating to other aspects or areas of your life having gone through you know such an endurance competition or gone through such degree of discomfort are there any other areas in particular where you know ultra running for you personally have really benefited or or you know uh, influenced other spheres of your life um I mean I wouldn't say hugely I mean you can apply it to sort of like all sorts of things right like you know it might be a work project or whatever that isn't going precisely right or you know in recent years I've dealt with injuries and I'm just saying well I'm I'm in an ultra just nobody's told me quite how long it is yet so you just need to keep on like pressing forward right so yeah the idea of yeah trying your best pressing forward you know pausing when you need to but yeah just just I'd say in general and sometimes it can be you know really just a, a bad day at work right you know it doesn't have to be some major you know defining moment in your life but just day-to-day scenarios so yeah I, I like that kind of using ultra as as a metaphor for life as a whole pressing yeah. through overcoming obstacles pushing forward there's going to be ups there's going to be downs but in the end you know as long as you tried your best you know you can give yourself a pat on the back exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great yeah. on the note of discomfort i mean you're running for long period very very long periods of time crazy terrain any any really i don't know extreme physical effects that you've experienced during a race not enormously no not really sorry this is disappointing where that's i'm okay. meant to i'm meant to bring out some story i was just actually listening to a podcast where um there's this condition where some ultra runners uh, go temporarily blind during Ooh. ultras. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The corneas, like, I don't know, come off or whatever, detach temporarily. Um, and I was like, no, I've never done anything like this. Maybe. And this is very ultra runners mindset. I mean, I've only run 200 milers, which in some ultra runners books, you know, now 200 mile races are the trends or these massive multi-day things. Right. Which I do think is where you tend to get these like, really quite severe I don't know hallucinations or blindness or all these like really crazy stuff um you know I mean have I vomited during a race yeah sure okay but otherwise I think generally it's just you know I'm really tired maybe you've got specific aches and pains yeah you really want to stop but uh no nothing uh in ultra runner terms that's out of the ordinary well I'm, I'm glad to hear you still have your vision that's excellent. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and no hallucinating. What about other weird things? Talking to yourself, singing to yourself, that kind of thing? Um, I mean, it depends if you class those as weird, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, I, there's a couple of instances where, sure, you talk to yourself, right? I mean, you're out, in, you're out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. These races, even if they've got quite a few people in them, you know, they're spread out, right, by the time. So, you know, if nobody else is listening, you might as well talk to yourself, right? Give yourself a little motivational pep talk and that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So just okay. leaning into being alone and uh, being, being okay with your thoughts for hours and hours at a time. Oh, and I do think you kind of have to be, Joel, right? This is the interesting thing, right? Like, I don't know if there's ever been, it would be an interesting study, right? Like, I think a lot of ultra runners are like quite introverted, really, right? Because, okay, like, yeah, you might always train with friends, right? So that is a possibility, right? But ultimately, when you get out on these races, like it's not like doing the Boston Marathon where you've got thousands of people around you the whole time, right? Like right. in an awful lot of ultras, you know, the fields are smaller and the distances are longer. So you're just going to be like you may be on your own. And I think you have to be the sort of person that in some ways kind of enjoys that, right? Likes getting disconnected and yeah, comfortable with just like, I mean, I do think I, it would again be interesting, you know, how when you go on these long runs, I mean, uh, 
some people seem to like write books when they're out on the run and I just you know go from like oh yeah childhood memories to what you're going to have for dinner to oh shall I buy that new pair of shoes like their thoughts flitting around all over the place so I wouldn't say it's you know philosophical thoughts right but I think you do have to generally be somebody who's prepared to be a bit self-reliant and yeah ha like almost enjoy your own company even though a lot of other ultra aspects of ultra running are very social right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. but yeah. yeah I mean it's it kind of speaks also to you know what you said about um I don't know thinking about a problem at work or something like that or overcoming something and getting through that it's just su such a such a sign of resilience overall and i mean for me you know when i have after going for a really long run for several hours it seems like the other areas of my life the other problems that i have to face are a little bit uh less monumental they're they're dampened a little bit it's like okay i've got to go write this you know 40 page report so what i just ran for five hours you know this this report is a lot easier than what i just went through yeah, no, exactly. And that's what I think the cool thing is about ultra running is, you know, it's a lot of fairly ordinary people. Like I said, most people are doing it for fun, right, in their spare time when they could do all sorts of other seemingly easier things, but much less rewarding things, right? Because, I mean, I mean, I work as an online running coach now, right? And it's just so cool, right, to see people do stuff where they're like... I didn't think six months ago I could do that. And then they've realized like, oh, I could do that. I had to work away and be methodical and dedicate myself to it. And it was a process and it wasn't easy. And sometimes it was fun and sometimes it wasn't, right? But yeah, exactly. Like people then realize, because it's so very clear cut, right? Of six months ago, I couldn't run that far. Now I can, right? So people can't go, oh, well, how many other things that are maybe less obvious right like some work project right right so, such, yeah. such a tangible goal yeah. Right? yeah 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 and no that's that's awesome. so how long have you been doing the running coaching for um i've been doing that for six years yeah wow wow and so i mean you mentioned online and i know you previously mentioned to me that you typically coach kind of the average you know average joe type everyday runner what, what i mean what what does that entail be you know being an online running coach Yes, yeah, some people think it's a bit bizarre because they're like, well, what do you do, right? And I'm like, I, I sit on my sofa and I type little training plans and then people go and do stuff, right? Um, no, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it is people all over the world and I do have, you know, some people that are very good and winning races, but most people I would say are somewhere from 35 to 55. They love running. They've possibly got some ultra experience or so it's always fun when you get the folks who are like I've signed up for an ultra and I have no idea what I'm doing so please can you tell me <laughs> right and that's really cool right um yeah um so it's uh, yeah it's online training plans emails uh you know I was doing the whole Skype and Zoom calls before it came fashionable wow. um so yeah so you yeah. were well prepared for the lockdown I was <laughs> well prepared for lockdown and sitting in front and doing video calls but uh, yeah it's a real people person's job right of finding out you know i say i mean these days you do get some um you know like online ultra running training programs or there's some books out there right i mean obviously less than say marathon distance kind of stuff um but you know it's finding out what's going to motivate somebody what plans works for them um you know and if they've got different goals or helping them choose you know usually folks are working towards some kind of race um yeah. Right. So just tailoring it to their own individual needs, their own individual goals, what have you. Ta tailoring it because, you know, and I don't want to make like marathon sound super straightforward. Right. But I mean, I kind of say, you know, I don't know if somebody's 25, 30 years old, they're, you know, somewhat active. Right. You could pick up, you could go online and find a marathon training program and you could go out and build up. And like unless you. Yeah. If you're reasonably healthy and don't have any imbalances or whatever, you'll probably work your way up and in four months, oh, look, I ran 42K, right? Mm -hmm. um, but for ultras, you know, there's much more variation of like, well, how much do you have to run in a week? Well, there isn't a set answer, right? Or, oh, I mean, I've said this in the past, right? Like um, 50K, I once ran 50K in three hours, 25. Wow. I've run other 50K races and done very well, been on the podium, 
in seven and a half hours. So you can't even say, oh, you're going to do 50K, right? So it's all, there's way more, like ultra running is such a broad term, right? So there's way more nuances. And then, like I said, of course, most people I coach have got families and jobs. So it's like, well, how much time do you have available? Or, you know, we're very lucky here in Vancouver. We've got all sorts of trains to run on, right? But some folks, you know, live in Florida and they decide they want to do a mountain ultra, right? So again, that's, you know, finding, you know, a way to train in maybe sort of not optimal conditions, so. Fair, yeah, yeah no, that's really, really interesting. And I mean, can you kind of, or do you have any advice for anyone out there who might just be, you know, a marathon runner or even just not even a marathon runner, but who might've thought about, getting into ultra and setting that goal for themselves what initial steps someone should take um yeah i guess so i mean it sounds sometimes a really silly thing pick a goal that really appeals to you right because there are so many races out there and if you see one race and you're like i don't know why but that just looks awesome right do some research. Don't just watch the YouTube video that has the highlights, right? <laughs> but you know, you're going to have to put some hard work in, right? So you want to have like something that's a real carrot that is like, no, but I really want to do, I don't know, Squamish 50 miler because that looks so, so cool, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then one thing I would honestly say, I mean, it, some people this might not be relevant to, it's surprising you might not have to train as much as you think, right? Like I think some people get a little like, oh, I've just got to put in like enormous miles, right? And sure, you will have to do a reasonable amount of running in preparation, but don't get carried away with just thinking of like piling on miles and miles and that kind of stuff. So yeah, and then of course, you know, checking out the specifics well in advance. So yeah, if your race is gonna be, I don't know, in the desert, right? Okay, well, you've got another element to, you know, deal with, right? Or whatever it might be, but uh, yeah. And then just get running basically. Move, yeah. move forward. <laughs> Move as much as possible. Yes. And that's actually something, sorry, Joe, you do, you probably met that. So I'm all for like, you know, too many of us, like even as runners, right, we run. And then I say, right, what else do you do in the day? And they're like, well, I get in uh, the elevator, go to my underground parking garage, get in my car, drive to my office, get in another elevator. How do you go to the grocery store? Get in my car, right? Whereas yep. if you're going to do an ultra, right? Like start walking places, start having a standing desk, right? Like just take a half hour lunch break and go for a walk, right? Because it's amazing how it adds up. And particularly once you get to like the longer ultras, right? Like that's just good basic fitness. Right? You know what? I'm so glad you said that because I think that just applies to everyone across the board too. And I mean, it's one thing, sure, you know, they've, it's been proven, you know, 30 minutes of mild to moderate exercise every day is really all you need to maintain optimal health. However, you know, again, if you're just sitting down the rest of the time, that 30 minutes doesn't go as far as, you know, yeah. if you are walking to the grocery store, like I said, if you do have that standing desk, if you are taking those opportunities to be as active as you can throughout the day. Yeah, like I said to a coaching client this summer because she was getting like really engrossed, like we, you know, sometimes do. Like she's one of these hyper-focused people. She said, oh, I sat at my desk for like 10 hours and then I wondered why I was hungry. And I actually said to her, do not put a water bottle on your desk. Because at some point, you know, we all set up, oh, we are little stations and we're so comfortable. Whereas I was like, if you have to get up to get a coffee or get a drink of water, well, at least you've stood up and now you're probably go downstairs or whatever right so uh, yeah just daily movement is uh, underrated I think no kidding I gotta start because I always bring a water bottle to my desk but maybe I'll start yeah. moving it onto one of the shelves over in the back there <laughs> it's probably a good idea <laughs> and always too I always say to myself and other people if you're going for a run after work you know don't sit down when you get home from work put your clothes mm -hmm. on and go for the run no, so like, I mean, when I was, you know, racing a lot and doing well, like I worked for a travel company, so it was totally unrelated. Yeah, and like, it, it was an office job and it wasn't ridiculously busy, but it was an averagely busy office job, right? And yeah, either, well, I lived in Banff at the time, so excuse me for occasionally running on the treadmill in the winter. So either <laughs> I'd right. take my gym clothes to work and go directly to gym, or I would come home, running clothes on, out the door, right? Like don't, oh, I'll just feed the cat or water the plants. It's like, no, just get, 
ca carry on like you're already moving so just carry on because as soon as you sit down it's uh it's a bit lethal so. take advantage of the inertia the momentum yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah certainly that speaks highly to me um it's it's very easy to to delve into half a bag of oreo cookies once i've sat down so um so i do want to talk about something i'm going to switch gears for a moment here um i know you suffered a bit of an undiagnosed leg condition that you've had for a few years now. Can you yep. can you speak a little bit more to what what that is? We would love to. I mean, I can speak of what I don't know about it. Um, so I was still running very well. This was like back in early 2016. Um, I was starting it was the spring. So, you know, I was gearing up, getting ready for my first ultra of the year, um, just doing my normal training I hadn't suddenly changed you know I don't know doing way more or, or whatever right so doing pretty a lot but normal for me training right that I'd done for you know quite a few years by this stage and um yeah I had this groin pain one day and mm, okay and then the next day mm, that's still there and it's a little worse right and this is not feeling that great when I run so you know saw physio and oh you know don't think it's a big deal a little strain or whatever and um, of course being an ultra runner then I was doing a marathon as a warm-up so I did a marathon you know a few days later texted my physio at the finish thanks very much you know it's great but then after is it wasn't great and um, yeah at that point then it was like oh this is a little strange but again probably thought you know a pretty regular running injury let's be honest right. like you know the more you tr well running I do feel is a injury prone sport right and of course the more you run the more you're exposing yourself to possibilities of injury right mm -hmm. just um so yeah and then since then things have just rumbled on and so one of my legs it just feels kind of heavy and tight um like sometimes I call it concrete leg or it feels like somebody's like I've said like they've wrapped duct tape around it and I'm like well it's oh, not geez. painful but could you take that off because it's a little <laughs> awkward <laughs> right um and I have seen um a large number of specialists oh, yeah. uh, who have failed to pin down what it is or what can be done about it um so since then I mean I've run 250ks I, I mean I still run um and sometimes it's a little better and sometimes it's a little worse uh no activity doesn't seem to make it better and in some ways no activity is not great of course yeah I will say you know too much running is definitely not good right. um but it's a rather mysterious and kind of vague right which is why sorry i'm giving this lengthy explanation because okay. i can't i can't say well it's my right ankle has got the sharp pain in it right? right but people don't know what it is it's this well sometimes it's the foot and sometimes it's the hamstring and it's a bit heavy but kind of tight but it doesn't look for uh, yes so Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Sorry yeah. that you've yeah. experienced that. Do you, do you foresee yourself competing at longer distances going forward or is it kind of just a play it by ear situation? Um, I would love to, but I'm realistic. I think it's unlikely, right? I mean, like this is, you know, four and a half years in, I, of course I've not seen every specialist, but I have seen an awful lot and, you know, and it would be love. Well, in a way, it would be lovely if a test showed something, you know, like I've had some diagnostic tests and oh, it doesn't really show anything. So I think I've got to be realistic that after four years, it's not really getting better. And because nobody knows what it is, you know, we can't say, ah, oh, well, because it's this either. Well, sorry, we can't do anything about it. Or because it's this, what you're going to need to do is, I don't know, strengthen this or do whatever, right? It's like, well, we don't know what it is. So maybe you should try, you know, whatever it might be. And then it's like, well, I tried that and that didn't help. So uh, I right. think I'm realistic. You know, I would, yeah. I do, I would still like to think I can maybe get back to maybe running like 50 Ks. I, I think hundred miles is kind of unlikely, but who knows? You don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, valid. So, I mean, running being such a big 
part of your life and such a thing that you enjoy so much, you know, experiencing this condition over the last few years, has it done anything to shift your perspective on running or, or on life in general? Um, so, uh, I mean, I still love running and I will stage it because like, I don't know who's going I shouldn't say this, who listens to this podcast, but you know, I say, I saw Ellie, I saw Ellie out running the other day or she was doing that like 10 hour peak bagging. So yeah. I'm not like, I'm not sitting on a couch and doing nothing. Fair. So um, I'm definitely very grateful. I think before I will be totally honest, I just, you know, took it for granted that I can run 180K week in, week out, you know, oh, better taper a little bit for a race, you know. And I mean, don't get me, it wasn't totally like, well, of course I can do this, but it mm -hmm. was a bit of like, yeah, okay, well, this is what other people are doing. So yeah, I should be able to do it. And, you know, wh why do I have a slightly sore hamstring? Well, yeah, because you ran 180K. So, so I'm definitely far more grateful for what I can run, right? Um, it's been interesting during COVID to watch other people, uh, shall we say, panic about not being able to race? And I'm like, welcome to my world, uh, right? When, uh. when are we going to have another race? And I'm like, yep, that's what I've been thinking for the last four years, right, John? And I shouldn't say that because that sounds a little mean, right? But it, I mean, I was somebody and I would still like to be, you know, somebody who I could say, right, okay, next year my race schedule is going to be, well, I'll do that 50K because that'll lead me up to that 50 miler. Then I'm like, you know, and I'd have like a sequence of races, like, you know, planned out right mm -hmm. that has been you know very frustrating and not so much now because I just kind of go well it's so unlikely I'll be able to do that and I've come around to that fact right um you know but to start with you know it was frustrating particularly because I didn't know what it was right Certainly. whereas you know previously I had a stress fracture which however terrible I thought that was at the time and I don't want to underplay that it's like well rest up for six to eight weeks, ease back in, should be all right. Well, at least you've got an action plan, right? So, you know, having to deal with just unpredictability, um, but yeah, therefore being grateful, you know, what I can do and I can still get out and, you know, have fun with friends on the trails. So. I think that's excellent. I think there's a lot of people out there who have you know, various injuries or very, various conditions that they've experienced and they're not able to do the things that they were able to do before. But taking that mindset, that approach in being grateful for what you have done and grateful for what you can still do in spite of what's going on in your life. Well, and I'll give an example, Joel. So yeah, I mean, this year seems like the year that's gone on for like forever, right? But anyway, so last year, I turned uh, 40. Uh -huh. And uh, I can't, I'm not really at this point right now. But anyway, I was still able to do speed workouts, which was a little bizarre. But anyway, so I went and I'm in a running club. And I was like, well, what's the club one mile masters woman course like record? I'm going to do a one mile track race. And I do not come from a track background. Right. Okay, yeah. And and I was like, well, if this is what I can do, because I like com competition, I like setting goals. I like pushing myself. I'm like, yeah, I'd way prefer to be doing a 50 mile trail race. But you know what? It was kind of fun to like, you know, so adapt it. And that was a prime example of like adapting. Okay, what can I do? And there's no point in going, yeah, but I actually want to do this. Well, do you know what? You can't do that right now. So I'm not being harsh, but sort of sometimes you have to go, well, move on. Don't think about that. What can I do? Let's focus on that rather than going, well, I can't do X, Y, and Z, right? And there is always people who are way, way worse off. Right. Yeah. So. And I think that's 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 you said that very well, just adapting it and almost being, you know, taking kind of a glass half full mentality. Um, obviously, you go through the frustration, you go through the grief of not being able to do these things, you know, that you previously enjoyed, but really being realistic about the things that you can do now and adapting your goals and adapting your perspective accordingly. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, I was like, you know, fully immersed in ultra running, right? Okay. And I work as an ultra running coach. I mean, I do coach people for shorter distances, but don't ask me to coach you for a one mile track race because I won't know what to do. <laughs> um, so it was also, I do appreciate some people would have, in my scenario, would have walked entirely away from running, right? But I was like, but all my friends are runners, right? Like that, it just wasn't 
possible to do that in a way right so i'll give another example like i volunteer at a lot of races right and don't get me wrong i'm often at races going like i would really like to be running this right Right. but do you know what i've got running friends who have become friends since I've not been running as much, right? Because I've stayed involved in the community and it's like, well, you know, I've still found. So I do understand why some people step aside, maybe find something totally different. And if that works for them, that works for them. But I'm like, I was far too intertwined with ultra running to go, oh, well, I can't run anymore. And ultimately, I think, you know, running isn't just about you as an individual running right you know for me it's about the coaching it's about the volunteering it's about the community all these other things right and sure racing and your own training is part of that but it's a shame if that's all people get out of their running because they're missing out on a lot it's fair and just finding aspects of that hobby as a whole that might still appeal to you in spite of these issues that have arisen yeah. yeah, that's excellent. Very motivating. I enjoy that. And um, again, you know, I think it, it speaks highly to a lot of, well, the clients that I see too, and even myself on a day-to-day life too. I mean, you know, it ain't the good old days anymore when I can throw a 75 mile per hour fastball, but you know what? I can still play softball with my friends. So. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of feel like, like I said, I'm well now 41. Right. I mean, I feel I could if this hadn't happened, it is still a little frustrating because I feel I did still like I had a lot more years left in me. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, sure. Everybody slows down at some point. I'm not stupid. Right. It's a little frustrating that it's like, yeah, as an ultra runner, you could still be doing pretty well. But hey, it is what it is. So. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. And just kind yeah. of rolling with the punches. I love it. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yep. yep. Excellent. Thanks so much, Ellie. Just being aware of the time here. Um, if anyone out there listening wants more information on Ellie, I will post her website and social media links to the show notes. And again, thanks so much, Ellie. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Yeah, it's been super t- chatting. Thank you. Great. All right. Take care. There you go, folks, Ellie Greenwood. Um, So look out for her contact information in the show notes if you want some more information about Ellie. Really enjoyed that episode. Uh, Such enthusiasm that Ellie has about running and about life in general. Uh, Pretty blasé about running too. Ah, I just went out and ran 190K this week. No big deal. Um, Join us next week, or sorry, in two weeks' time for episode 10. It will be lucky number 10 featuring Dr. Randy Patterson. Randy is a psychologist in the Vancouver area. He works with individuals with a wide variety of conditions, particularly mood disorders, and he works a lot on communication. Um, He's done a lot of work on assertive communication, which speaks highly to me because I've been doing a lot of work with my clients on assertive communication over the last few years. So very excited to pick his brain about some strategies that could benefit, well, myself and and the general population and all of our listeners out there. And until then, folks, enjoy your day. It is a lovely October afternoon in Vancouver. Stay happy, stay healthy, take care.